It is Sunday, May 17th, 2015. This is U62 the Targ. Let's do it! As we say in the radio business, if you put that on the radio, people will listen to it. All right, here it comes. Anyone who isn't dead or from another plane of existence would do well to cover their ears right about now. Why, what a little tiny microchip deep inside some electronics. Broadcasting to the world through the miracle of the internet. Ladies and gentlemen, this is U62, the TAR. Now your host, a man with a lifelong dream of getting paid to do this, Mark Pappas. On this week's show, rediscovering Show Me, obsessing over reaction figures, reflections on the droid cartoons, and my thoughts on the gem trailer. It's episode 8.09, My Biggest Fan Takes Battery. So sit back, relax, grab yourself some warm root beer and a towel that's oh so fluffy. You 62 the Targ, you're in for something special. Enjoy the show. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Mark Kappis here. Welcome to this week's episode of The Targ. And I'm doing things old school. What do I mean by I'm doing it old school? I am recording this on a Friday afternoon. That's how I used to do it when I was a morning man. I'd do my show in the morning, do my podcast in the afternoon. But then when I became an afternoon guy, that kind of went out the window. But all this past week at work, I've been filling in on the morning show. So my Friday afternoon is free. And here I am doing a podcast when it's still daylight out. Ah, it's good to be back. And it's good to be back behind the mic because I spent uh, most of my time off in the afternoons being plagued with indecision. Doing the numbers after Christmas, I noticed that I had enough money in my savings account to finally wipe out all of my debt once and for all. And I've been pondering for the past few months whether I want to do that. I mean, it'd be nice to be debt-free, but then I'd have no money left in savings for, you know, when emergencies and stuff happen. But, you know, if I just keep sitting around doing nothing, you know, and they keep, I keep making the small incremental payments, you know, everything will happen naturally. So, I don't know, it'd be nice to be done with it ahead of schedule, or maybe I should just ride it out. The way things are going, I should finally be uh, debt-free in like six months. So do I just want to ride it out for six months or do I want to get it done now, now, now? Ah, and that's the indecision I've been plagued with. So I said, screw it, I'll just go to a podcast instead. And so here I am, lamenting my other ridiculous purchases. Two weeks ago, I was telling you that I canceled my Show Me account because, you know, I was generally disappointed with it. One of my chief disappointments was they didn't have an Apple TV app. Last week, I was telling you, hey, they got an Apple TV app. And now I'm telling you that I reactivated my Show Me account another eight bucks a month just so I can check out this Apple TV app. Already starting to put together my wish list of what to watch on Show Me. As I mentioned before, you know, Mad Max is not part of my film history. I haven't seen the original three Mad Max films, so that's on there. Battlestar Galactica, one of the most popular and critically acclaimed sci-fi shows of the 2000s. I've never seen it, so that's on Show Me. I'm going to try and binge watch that. I also found Mystery Men, which I haven't seen, well, since I saw it in the theater in 1999, so I wouldn't mind seeing that again. You remember Mystery Men? This was a superhero spoof with uh, Ben Stiller. Uh, He led a bunch of misfit superheroes as they tried to save the city. Uh, yeah, misfit superheroes. Let's see. We Ben Stiller was Mr. Furious. He would gain super strength when he was consumed with rage. But the joke there was he was such an incredibly mild-mannered guy, he never, ever got consumed with rage. Uh, then William H. Macy was the shoveler. 
Uh, his thing was he beat people with a shovel. That was his entire superpower. Uh, we had Hank Azaria, who's done billions of voices on The Simpsons. He was the Blue Raja, and his thing was he throws cutlery at people, but never knives, because knives are cheap and anybody can throw a knife. So, yeah, that's, that, it was pretty funny from what I remember seeing it in the theaters 16 years ago. It'd be nice to see it once again. So... Ah, yeah, lots of procrastinating to do while I figure out what to do about my finances. You're listening to Mark Kappas. It's clear to all of you that I am awesome. On U62, the Targ. Actually, it'd be nice to be debt-free. I can start making a lot more foolish purchases. You know, like maybe I could sign up for one of these box subscriptions. Have you heard about these? These are one of the most popular geek things going around right now. For like 20 bucks a month, you get a box stuffed full of goodies. There's like collectible action figures in there. Uh, t-shirts, all other kinds of knickknacks and doodads that are all geek related. So sci-fi stuff, fantasy stuff, video game stuff, stuff like that. I think the most famous one out there right now is called Loot Crate. I know Marvel just launched their own. You get a box full of nothing but Marvel stuff every two months. I could sign up for something like that, or you know, I could just stick to buying stuff off Amazon because then I know everything in the box I'm going to like. For example, just today, I got some Terminator action figures from Amazon. They're part of the reaction line. I've blogged about this many, many times before. I love the reaction figures. Uh, They're put out by a company called Funko. And rather than the highly detailed action figures that we get these days, these are designed to look like the quickly slapped together, cheaply produced tie-in action figures from the 1980s. They are pure nostalgia. They only have like a passing resemblance to the actor, but they're just so awesome, you guys. They look amazing. So what did I snag so far? For Back to the Future, I got uh, Marty McFly and Doc. Uh, For Pulp Fiction, I got Vincent Vega and Julius Winfield. For The Rocketeer, I got The Rocketeer. And the ones I just got today were The Terminator and Sarah Connor. And then I look at the new ones coming out in the next few months. They got Star Trek, the original series. They got Arrow, they got The Flash, they are just so awesome, and they're affordable too, they are so affordable. When I started collecting action figures many, many years ago, I set a rule for myself saying I wouldn't spend more than $20. Granted, I have bent the rules a few times, you know, like say a pack of seven action figures for 50 bucks. Well, you do the math, each individual figure is less than 20 bucks. Or, you know, I want to buy it online and it's, you know, $20 plus another $4.95 shipping and handling. Well, okay, the $4.95 shipping and handling, I'll let that pass. The reaction figures, they tend to average around $12, $15. So that is affordable. These ones I just got on Amazon, they were eight bucks each. So $16 plus shipping and handling, 21 bucks. Ah, such a beautiful, beautiful collectible. I love my action figures. And they made the big announcement. Uh, the new ones for Star Wars, The Forks Awakens, are going to go on sale in September. So I wonder if we're going to get uh, the same craziness we had when Episode One action figures came out in 1999. They've already said Toys R Us's and other shops will be opening at midnight when the Force Awakens merchandise goes on sale. But I'm not sure if there will be crowds and stampedes like there were back in the day. Everything's better with Mark Kappas. Crime has gone down, productivity is up, and ratings for Doctor Who or through the roof. Mark Kappas on U62, the TAR. Actually, speaking of Star Wars, this is how I've been spending my nights quite a bit. Um, I've been rediscovering the Droids cartoon. It's never had any kind of official DVD or streaming video service release, but 
you can find a lot of the bootlegs posted to YouTube. For those who don't remember, in the mid-1980s, Star Wars spawned two Saturday morning cartoons, Ewoks, all about the Ewoks, and Droids, which was all about R2-D2 and C-3PO and their adventures with other masters before, you know, Luke Skywalker bought them at the beginning of Star Wars. Droids was the one that always stuck out the most in my mind. It just had, you know, more of the outer space action and more of the Star Wars stuff that I loved and craved. So it's been interesting watching it again on uh, YouTube. Like a lot of Saturday morning cartoons, it only ran for one season of 13 episodes. And in those 13 episodes, they did three different story arcs, each one with R2 and 3PO with different masters. You know, the first one ran for four episodes, the second one ran for four episodes, and the last one for five episodes. I watched the first story arc because that's the one that stuck out the most in my mind. R2-D2 and C-3PO, they get acquired by these uh, speed racers, uh, land speeder racers, because, you know, pod racing hadn't been invented in the Star Wars universe yet. And uh, they figure, R2, we need an astromech for this one land speeder we put together. So R2 and 3PO, they're testing out their land speeder. They run afoul of a crime lord, and then it's wacky hijinks from there. I remember that one the most because that story arc has an incredibly sad beginning and an incredibly sad ending. The incredibly sad beginning... R2-D2 and C-3PO's owner before this was a smuggler, and when he was about to be boarded by Imperials, he dumped all of his cargo and abandoned R2-D2 and C-3PO. So it opens with R2-D2 and C-3PO having survived planetary re-entry and standing in the middle of a desert, debris raining down from the heavens all around them. They're separated. C-3PO is convinced R2-D2 is dead incredibly sad beginning. And then it also has an incredibly sad ending. So our heroes win the big race, and with that they get a very lucrative job with a land speeder corporation. So they're heading off to accept their new job, and R2-D2 and C-3PO hear them talking. What happened was, part of the corporate policy is R2-D2 and C-3PO are going to be reprogrammed. They're going to have their personalities deleted and new ones installed. It's company policy. And our winners are like, well, if that's the case, no, we're not going to do that. R2-D2 and C-3PO won't be R2-D2 and C-3PO anymore. Well, we're not going to take this job at the cost of our friends. So no, we're going to turn down that job. R2-D2 and C-3PO, they overheard the whole thing, and they don't want to deprive their friends of this great opportunity. So what R2-D2 and C-3PO do is, while no one's looking, they sneak into an escape pod, and they jet themselves off into space. Their friends go off to accept their new job, and R2-D2 and C-3PO are just alone, drifting through the cosmos, looking for a new owner. And C-3PO gives this very eloquent speech about the nature of friendship and how sometimes you got to make sacrifices like that. Very sad beginning, very sad ending. And that's what always stuck out the most in my mind about droids. Hey, have you guys heard? U62 The Targ with Mark Gathis. Seriously, everybody, you got to check us out. Available online at chaosinabox.com. Who are you? I'm just some guy who's telling everybody about it because it's so amazing. U62, the Tar. Be sure to tell everyone you know. See ya. <sighs> well, it's time. Let's talk about the big trailer that dropped this past week. The trailer for the live-action movie version of Gem and the Holograms. 
they have made a movie of Jem and the Holograms. I'm sure you remember Jem, classic cartoon from the 1980s, Jerrica Benton. By day, she was the high-powered executive of Starlight Music. By night, she was Jem, the world's most popular pop star. She accomplishes this transformation with Synergy, a super-sentient AI who manages to project incredibly lifelike holograms through Jerrica's earrings. Only three others share her secrets, her backing band, the Holograms. And together, Jem and the Holograms battle their arch-rivals, the Misfits, for pop chart supremacy. Back in February, I binge-watched the entire series on Netflix. It is the greatest thing to ever come out of the 1980s. Every fad and trend of the 1980s was thrown into a blender and then poured onto Barbie. That is Gem and the Holograms, and it is fan-fucking-tastic. So I'm a little surprised that they decided to make a movie version. Because as amazing as it is, you know, you think in Hasbro's catalog of intellectual properties, G.I. Joe and the Transformers would come first. But in the States... They launched their own TV network, The Hub. They started showing reruns of Gem on The Hub, and it was discovered by a new generation. So they figured, let's do this movie. Now, they've taken some liberties with the movie. They've decided to update it. Now, they're just a bunch of typical teenagers, uh, Jerrica Benton and her foster sisters, Kimber, Rhea, and Aja. No, wait, Rhea didn't come till season two. Kimber, Raja, ah, I can't believe I've forgotten their names. Kenton's going to be so disappointed in me. But anyway, now they're just a whole bunch of typical teens. And Jerrica, she's got like stage fright, but her sister Kimber films her singing one night, puts it on YouTube, and boom. Now they're global superstars. They're whisked to L.A. where Jerrica is made over into Jem, the pop star. And I'm watching that and I'm going... Okay, this plot is cliched as hell. I'm pretty sure that they did this as three or four made-for-TV movies on the Disney Channel. And it, what really adds to that vibe is the fact that the entire cast is pretty much made up of Disney Channel vets. So I watched the trailer. I watched it again. And no matter how many times I watch it, I just can't stop laughing. That trailer makes me laugh every time. Why does it make me laugh? This is the world we have reached. We are making a live action movie version of Gem and the Holograms. Do you know what this represents? We've made it. We've made it. We are now the grown-ups. We now run the world. We can now do whatever we want. And we've used this power to make a gem movie. Not only that, we're responsible adults. We understand that show business is a business. So we've decided to base it on all of the Disney Channel shows and make it something that the kids will like. We made gem into that because we were all, oh, this is what the kids are into these days. And I can't stop laughing. 
We're in charge now, guys. We're running the world. And what are we doing with this power? We're fucking up the gem movie we've always wanted to see. You can't help but laugh at that. U62 The Dark has everything you want in a podcast. Scooby-Doo, Batman, and Weird Al. It's the holy trinity of pop culture. Download it today at galsinabox.com. I need something to cheer me up. Let's get to the song of the show. Here's the new one from Thomas Rhett. It's Crash and Burn on the Targ. So I guess it's over, baby, deja vu again. Who'd have thought that time don't stop and somehow, girl? Keep spinning and guess I'll turn myself into a solitary man Ain't like I'm the only one that's in the shoes that I am Do you hear that? I'm nightmare at the sound of a lonely calling Do you hear that? It's where I'm at It's the sound of Thomas Rhett, Crash and Burn on U62 The Targ. I played one of his songs a few shows ago and just, ah, everything he's put out so far, I just love. He's so good. He's a relatively new artist on the country music scene, and it's just, ah, love him so much. Every time I can add one of his new songs to my music library at work, it's a treat. 
And you know what? Because I was working mornings, I can go start my long weekend rather early. So I'm going to wrap this up. I'm Mark Apps. This has been the Targ. I will see you next week. And this brings us to the end of another exciting episode of the Targ. Don't forget you can download a new episode of the Targ every week at chaosinabox.com. The Targ is written and produced by Mark Kappas under the watchful eye of 42 Star Wars action figures. The Targ is a Chaos in a Box production. That's all there is. There isn't any more.